The American League East has been the best division by far so far in Major League Baseball. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the Sports Zone by Matt Schneider of CBSSports.com. Matt, always good to have you. And let's start with the AL East. Um, all five teams above 500. Let's start with Tampa, 29 and seven. Uh, you know, you really, you know, are we beyond the point that you know they got off to this great start against an uh, easy schedule, so to speak? And uh, they're they're better than that long term now. They never lose at home. It seems like they beat the Yankees two out of three over the weekend. So we uh, we kind of passed that stage where they just got off to a good start against bad teams. Yeah, I think we should be past that. And I I, I tried to like kind of balance both sides of the, the scale there, so to speak, because it was like, well, yeah, you could say when they were thirteen and zero, they were beating on mostly bad teams, but they swept the Red Sox in four games. And I don't think anybody thought the Red Sox were going to be terrible. And also, as I said at the time, even if you said that's a weak schedule through 13 games in baseball, it's not like it's football and baseball, you'd say, well, the great teams will go 9-4 and four in those 13 games. Instead, they went 13-0. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the, the Pirates were 20-8. and eight. Obviously, I don't think they were even close to being that good, but they swept the Pirates and left no doubt. They took two or three from the Yankees. They beat the Orioles last night. Uh, they should have answered most of the questions. I think you'd have to work awfully hard to, let's say, oh, they lost two of three to the Orioles. They lost two of three to the Astros, or the, the Blue Jays, and two of three to the Astros, and those are probably the two best teams they played. They still played 22 games at home and 14 on the road. I guess if somebody wanted to go with that line of thinking, they could, but, man, it's 29-7, and 29-7 in baseball, man. This isn't like the NFL. They kind of have the same cast of characters. So, so why is this offense so significantly improved? Uh, it's hard to say. You know, if some guys like okay, Wander Franco hadn't been healthy that much. He's only twenty two years old. He was number one in prospect in ba- number one prospect in baseball for a couple of years running for a reason because he's that talented. We've seen what Randy Arozarena can do, especially like in small samples in the big spots in the playoffs. So those two guys having bust-out years isn't the biggest surprise in the world. But, like, Yandy Diaz hitting, like, an MVP candidate at age 31 instead of just being a pretty good hitter is kind of from out of nowhere in a small sample. But, like, Isaac Paredes, uh, Harold Ramirez, who had kind of a breakout season last year, but he had 28. He hadn't really been a star before. Uh, some of it is they've got some guys like Arozarena and Wander. Some of it is it's a small sample. Maybe it's a breakout from some of these guys. And some of it is them knowing how to scout undervalued guys in other organizations and being great at self-scouting once they're in the Rays organization. Kind of a perfect storm. The 2020, uh, 22 and 13 Orioles, they, they've now lost three out of four. They lost two out of three over the weekend in Atlanta. <clears throat> excuse me, in Atlanta, but that was a highly competitive series. They lose last night to Tampa, but... Is their starting pitcher good enough for you to be a believer in the 2023 Orioles? Yeah, it's funny you talk. we can talk about the schedule, but if you look at when the Orioles were really, really riding high, I'm looking at, you know, they, they won a series from the A's, who are pathetic. They won a series from the White Sox, which started a 10-game losing streak. They won from the Nationals. They won. They swept the Tigers. They did take two or three from the Red Sox, which is good. Then they won three or four from the Tigers, two or three from the Royals. That's a lot of beating up on bad teams, but again, that's true. Good teams should beat up on bad teams, and all you can do is play the teams in front of you. Um, I think they're more of a 
wild card contender than a serious threat in the AL East. Obviously, the Rays have already built up the six-and-a-half game lead there. So I guess that's not that bold of a statement, but maybe more of a fringe wild card contender. And it's you, you mentioned the pitching. They've got the up-and-coming position players. They've got Grayson Rodriguez in the rotation, but he's only 23 years old, and I don't know how he's going to hold up over a full season because so many of these young arms aren't fully stretched out for a full major league season of, say, 200 innings. And if you look at the rest of the rotation, you're talking about Kyle Gibson, Tyler Wells, Dean Kramer, Kyle Bradish, Cole Irvin when he comes off the injured list. Man, that's not confidence-inspiring. I don't know how much is going to be out there at the trade deadline. Maybe Eduardo Rodriguez? I don't know if it's going to be that fruitful. And it's one of the reasons I was critical of the Orioles in the offseason was you built up from essentially the ground up. You tore it down, then you built it back up, kind of the way that last decade we saw the Astros and the Cubs do. But at some point, you have to supplement that talent, whether it was the Cubs hitting the lottery with the Jake Arrieta trade, but then they signed John Lester, whether it was the Astros going out and trading for Garrett Cole and later trading for Justin Verlander after they developed Dallas Keuchel. Maybe Grayson Rodriguez is the Keuchel or Arietta version for the Orioles, but where is the John Lester signing? Where is the Justin Verlander trade? Where is the Garrett Cole trade? they got to do something to supplement with a frontline starter because if they do make the playoffs, which I think is possible for them to make it. What's their playoff rotation going to be against some of these strong AL offense? I mean, are you going to run out Kyle Gibson and Tyler Wells as your one-two in a wild card series? Probably not. I would hope <laughs> they <that>. might have to. <laughs> might have to. <laughs> the Jays, twenty-one and fourteen. They still have the occasional bad defense. The pitching staff still has me on the fence a little bit. So convince me that I need to believe more in Toronto. Well, this is probably what they are. You know, they're going to be a team that can go out and stand toe-to-toe with some of the best teams in the league. Like I just said, they took two or three from the Rays. If the Rays started 13-0. and um, But then they'll go out and do stuff like get swept in, five, in four games in Fenway Park by the Red Sox team that's definitely not bad, but I do think is inferior to them. And they, they kind of blew a couple of those games, um, and it got ugly. And we saw, it, you know, almost kind of made you think back to that Mariners wild card series and their capability to blow games, but gosh, if they get there and you just think, let's say Kevin Gossman and Alec Manoa and Jose Barrios, who has shown signs of maybe fixing himself, let's say they're all at the top of their game come playoff time. And then Chris Bassett's your four, who's kind of a workhorse innings eater and has had a slow start, but that's a kind of playoff rotation that you could really see getting them to the World Series. So it's, they're going to be inconsistent. But the Phillies were inconsistent all year last year, and they put together a run to the World Series. So it's a matter of getting hot at the right time. I do think they have the pieces. You just If you're Toronto, a Blue Jays fan, you'd wish that they were a little more consistent. Okay, I'm I'm the, one of the people that bet the against the Red Sox. They're 21-15. and 15. I bet them under 78 wins. Not looking too smart right now. Why is Boston off to this good a start? Well, they just had a, a winning streak. Uh, that was kind of buoyed by that seemingly from out of nowhere four-game sweep of the Blue Jays who are way better than them. But they took two or three from the Guardians. They went into Philadelphia, took two or three from the Phillies. They they look like they're going to be able to piece together good stretches this season. I just I, I think I could see where your head is on the underbet because you look at the talent and it just doesn't seem like it's all there, especially with you know, Trevor Story being out for the season and how they lost Andrew Bogarts and didn't really try to retain J.D. Martinez. They did retain Devers, 
But I remembered at that point in the offseason, I was like, you know, they might as well trade him because they're losing almost everybody else. And Chris Dale's 34. I don't know how much Corey Kluber's going to move the needle. To their credit, they have gotten a lot of stuff done late in the game. They've had offensive comebacks. They've been good late in the bullpen when Kenley Jansen's been available. He's been outstanding. They've gotten good work from Josh Winkowski in the bullpen. I don't think that they're going to be a playoff team, but I do think that the schedule change definitely benefits teams in, say, the ALE because that division is so much better than every other division, and it used to be they had to play each other, what, 18, 19 times, and they were absurdly bad against the rest of the American League East last year and were over 500 against everybody else. Maybe this is just kind of an evening out of the schedule there because now it drops down to just 13 games against the rest of your division and late and more games against everybody else outside the division, maybe that's their avenue to, to kind of stay in the race. Rounding out the division, the 19-17 and 17 Yankees in last place. Many injuries, yeah. including Aaron Judge, who's expected to be back tonight, but also Stanton and Rodon and Severino. Are, are the Yankees barely above 500 because of injury, or are they just an average team? Well, they were pretty average after, what, the All-Star break last year? They had that amazing start, and the second half, they weren't that good. Um, the offense seems like it's going to come and go, boom or bust, maybe, if you want to use that term. I do think, now that they got Harrison Bader back, um, Anthony Rizzo is going to be streaky. If Stanton comes back anytime soon, like you said, Judge is coming back. If you have the full complement there, Let's say Glaber Torres is hitting well. Again, just like Rizzo, he's going to be streaky. But let's say you've got Torres and Rizzo hitting. DJ LeMayhew, two-out home run last night. Harrison Bader looks like he's going to continue to hit well with them as long as he can stay on the field. Judge, Stanton, they've got the offensive pieces to be kind of exciting offensively, but they've just been so boring and bad so far offensively. And scoring seven last night, it might seem, oh, well, that that's encouraging. Well, it was all concentrated into three innings, and it was against the eight, who are like a Class A team, especially in their bullpen. So I, we'll see. I, I, I'm not particularly bullish on them at this point. I don't think they're going to finish last. I like them better than the Red Sox the rest of the way. But, man, I don't know if I'd go higher than fourth. Matt Starter, CBSSports.com, currently in the sports zone. All right, from the American League East and the National League West, the Dodgers won two out of three last weekend at San Diego. Those teams play again this upcoming weekend. Uh, so how do we evaluate the 21-15 and 15 Dodgers and the 16-17 uh, and 17 Padres to this point? The Dodgers started 10-11, and 11, which means that they are 11-4 and four since then. It was kind of just, you know, they do this, don't they? Even if they have down stretches, then they go on a hot stretch, and then you're like, gosh, why would I have ever thought anything other than they're going to be amazing this year again? And it doesn't even matter. They've let so many guys go out. And I think we talked about the drain coming into the season, like Trey Turner and Justin Turner left. And then, you know, Gavin Lux got hurt. And it's like, oh, they're bringing in 35-year-old J.D. JD Martinez. And how much more are they going to get? Well, you know, Max Muncy's going to go out and – look like the best power hitter in the world for a big stretch. You've got Mookie and Freeman, which you knew were going to be there, but Josh Altman, the rookie, who was only forced into action because of the Lux injury caused a game of musical chairs. And he's probably the NL Rookie of the Year at this point. He's been amazing. Uh, they are, I, I think it's kind of what I said with the Rays. The Dodgers are so good at figuring out how to find talent, un, unearth it somewhere else, 
and then they know they're so good at scout self scouting and getting the most out of their talent. And in addition to what the Rays do, the Dodgers can also spend a half a billion dollars. So it's again, as I said, with the Rays, it's a perfect storm. With the Dodgers, maybe it's even more perfect. Uh, on the Padres, I I still think they have a hot streak in them. They have too much talent to not run off something ridiculous at this point. And it's not like they've started in such a deep hole like the Cardinals dug themselves. 18 and 17 right now. I feel like they're the type of group that could rattle off like 15 out of 20. And if they do that, all of a sudden, they're probably right with the Dodgers or alone in first place and setting themselves up for a deep postseason run. They've got all the horses they need. They just need to play better. And again, when you say that when a team's 18 and 17, I think that's a testament to how much talent they have. We always talk about Zach Gallen when we uh, have this segment. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, we, yeah. You're the national chapter uh, president. I'm. Yeah, I actually discovered him when he was in Florida, still in Miami. But uh, yeah, he's he's really good. They're uh, they're 20 and 15, but they're under 500 in games not started by Gallon so far. Is he the best pitcher in the National League right now? Um. There's been several who are off to really, really good starts. And one of them, I think we've got to look at is Spencer Strider with the Braves. Just ridiculous building on his rookie year. But there's a good argument. I mean, it's um, has a Diamondbacks pitcher ever started the All-Star game? Surely. Between Randy Johnson yeah. and Schilling and, and Brandon Webb. Like, surely one of those has yeah. started, right? Or even I don't know for Dan sure, Aaron. though. i, I, I got to look this Aaron up. Aaron did, I but I don't remember up. what team he was with. I know Heron started at once but I don't remember who he was. Yeah. Anyway, Gallon's got a good shot to be the All-Star Game starter right now. I mean, if you look at between the, the – I know last year doesn't necessarily count for this year, but with the scoreless inning streak last year, I think that turned a lot ahead. Building that into this year when he's been amazing almost every outing, not every single one, but, you know, the, the outing in Texas wasn't even that bad, and they've counted a lot of good pitching this year. Um, the ERA and whip that he has, they never lose when he pitches at home. 64 to 6 strikeout to walk off the charts. Ridiculous. Uh, you can't say enough about how good he is right now. But he walked a guy last night, so how dare him? No, he jacked it um, up to five. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. All right. Wilson Contreras. How do the Cardinals not know he wasn't good behind the plate? They played the Cubs 19 times per year. Yeah, I've been I, talking on this show forever that he wasn't good behind the plate. Uh, you know, what's happened to the Cardinals here? You know, just it, evaluating talent and everything just seems to have fallen apart. I, I, I have to imagine they have the longest streak of winning seasons in Major League Baseball right now. I think it's 15. Um, I have to imagine some of this is they have no idea how to react when they're this bad because usually when a team's disappointing – who's an expected contender. It's something like we talked about with the Yankees earlier, who are 19 and 17, or the Padres, who are 18 and 17, and they're hovering around 500. It's what's wrong. It's not when they made the decision 10 and 24. Uh, they're not used to that. I have to think that has to be part of the equation there. Even Obviously, they don't mean it to be, but it's, it's between Mosaliac, uh, Ollie Marmol, the whole organization, they just didn't know how to react being that bad. And so much of their problem was the pitching staff, which... A lot of people like me. I took the underhead into the year because I said the pitching that's going to be a problem. And as a diehard Cubs fan who loved Wilson Contreras for seven years, I just got worried that replacing Molina, going with a bad pitching staff, he was going to be scapegoated. Now, I thought it was going to be the fans. I didn't think the front office 
was going to throw him under the bus a month into the season. But that's what happened. It doesn't make the front office look great, does it? The Cubs no. <laughs> had the guy for seven years and said, we don't want him back. And everybody knows he's a great hitter for a catcher. And they still said, we don't want him back. So what's that mean? That means they don't have faith in his ability to be a defensive catcher. The Cardinals have evaluated, I would hope, him for seven years on another on their main rival, who was really good during the time. So it's not like they should have been not paying attention to them. Uh, and then they say, we're going to give him five years because we have enough faith in him. And then, what, 30-ish games into the season, now all of a sudden they don't have faith in him? Why would you have so much faith as to give him five years and then give up after 32, 33 games? That doesn't make sense to me. That's why I think it's a panic move because they're not used to being in this spot. Last up for Matt Schneider of CBSSports.com, the defending champion Astros. You know, Justin Verlander left. Jose Altuve was injured w, uh, during the WBC. Brantley still hasn't played. Abreu, well, I'm not sure what's going on there. He's lost his pop. Uh, they are pitching injuries. Yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> 17 and 18, reason for concern or no big deal about the Astros? I, no big deal just yet. Because as you said, Jose Altuve is, is going to come back. He's still in his prime. Michael Brantley is going to come back. I don't. He, he's probably past his prime, but he'll be a more consistent bat in the lineup and, and balance things out a little. You know, you, you don't want to get too boomer bust, and you need a guy who hits for average and doesn't strike out as much like Brantley will do. That'll help matters from there. Um, you know, it's. I, I do think the lineup really looks paltry right now, but Bregman's not hitting at all. Abreu is 36 and looks like he's older than that, uh, although Dusty had a great quote on that the other day. He said, I didn't know if he was limping or pimping because he limps all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I think they can be, I definitely think that they're better than this, and I do think when Brantley and Altuve come back, and again, on the pitching staff, Urquidy, Garcia, Hurt, uh, Lance McCullers has pitched for them all year. They're having problems in the bullpen. Part of this might be a World Series hangover because time and time again, we've seen teams that have to go really deep into October. They have a little bit of a hangover the next year, especially pitching-wise, because they had to extend themselves that many more innings and they hit a lot smaller of an offseason. It makes sense. Um, I expect them to get hot in the second half. And looking at the standings, they're four and a half out behind the Rangers. I think they're four and a half games better than the Rangers the rest of the way. The Angels are two and a half in front of them. I definitely think they're more than two and a half games better than the Angels the rest of the way. So I think they're still going to win the division. It is jarring, you know, though, to see 35 games of them just looking mostly mediocre. And the lineup, like I said, just doesn't look impressive at all. But I do think once Altuve and Brantley come back and Bregman starts hitting a little more, that should kind of work itself out. Check out Matt's power rankings and everything he does at CBSSports.com. Matt, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. You too. Matt Schneider, CBSSports.com. Check out uh, the Monday power rankings. And uh, uh, he has uh, you know, Tampa Bay and Atlanta 1-2 this week, which uh, I completely agree with uh, that, that particular start. Maybe a couple differences as we go along, top 10, but uh, that's where it starts. So check out all his work. 